Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. Answering your calisthenics questions, helping you to redefine your impossible. If you want more great content from us, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a great YouTube channel where you can get in touch with us and ask your questions there. Let's get into these questions now. Hello everyone and welcome to the School of Card Science podcast. Um, today you, we have got for you um, me as a guest, so Jacko, on the Make Your Body Work podcast with Dave Fleming. And uh, this was uh, this was done a while ago. This was actually my first ever podcast interview that, that I'd done. Um, and Dave is doing some great work. Um, his podcast has got an amazing jingle. He's out jingling us at the start. Um, but uh, yeah, we get a little bit into um, some questions around how much training you're supposed to do, what are some of the markers around when you might be overtraining and what you can try and do about those. So um, I try to give as much help and advice um, and if using experience and whatnot as I can. And um, yeah, I hope you can, um, if you've got any of those questions around tra- tra- how often should you train, whether you're overtraining or not. Um, and I hope that those answers are going to be useful for you and help you with your training. So uh, sit back, relax and enjoy um, Jacko from the School Car as a guest on Make Your Body Work podcast. How do you know if you're exercising too much or too intensely? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Make Your Body Work podcast. Welcome to the Make Your Body Work podcast, where it's all about living healthier, smarter, and happier, and doing it one day at a time. Here's your host, Canada's top fitness professional, Dave Smith. Hey, thanks so much for joining me in this episode of the Make Your Body Work podcast. As you know, the show is all about helping you live a healthier, happier life. And I'm excited because we have a really cool guest on the show today. This is someone that I've looked up to for quite some time, actually, and you'll see why in the show notes. This is uh, Make Your Body Work podcast episode number 53. And in the show notes, I'm going to be putting some neat videos that are going to leave you in awe because this guy, he is a stud. And so if you want to check this out, you can go to makeyourbodywork.com slash 53. And before I tell you who the guest is and why I'm so impressed by him, and you will be too, I've got a question from Amy and let's hear what Amy had to say. She says, I really love exercising and training, but I've noticed that my body feels a bit tired lately. I think it might be because I don't give myself enough recovery time. How much rest do I need? Do I need to take a day completely off each week? My goals are to get stronger and keep a low body fat percentage. I lift weights four times per week and do cardio at least three times per week. So sometimes I even exercise twice per day. I really love it, but I'm starting to think that I'm overdoing it. What are your thoughts? And Amy, first of all, I just want to say that I can really relate to that question because, and I know a lot of the listeners out there can, can as well, who, you know, we really enjoy exercise and it's become part of our lifestyle and it's just the thing that we enjoy doing. It almost goes, I don't know if anyone out there, if you ever have a day where you don't exercise and you actually feel sort of down, maybe even like a little bit depressed, the day just doesn't go as well as it does when you have that exercise in there. And that's great, you know, if we're thinking about things to be, I guess, addicted to or to really enjoy, exercise is a 
a pretty good addiction to have. But Amy, just like you said, there does come a point where too much is too much and something good becomes something that's not so good. And how do we know when we've hit that point? How do we know when it's time to change things up? How do we actually allow our body to recover in the way that it needs to recover so that we can see those results that we're working so hard for? And like I said, I've got an awesome guest today who's going to dive in and has some really great suggestions for us on how to identify when it's time to let your body rest and how to go about doing that. He is a co-owner at the School of Calisthenics. And if you've never heard the word calisthenics before, basically it's body weight training. And my guest, David Jackson, he's going to explain to us why it's called calisthenics. It's pretty actually neat. I didn't know this before, where that name came from. And he's going to really give some awesome hints and tips that are going to help Amy, you, myself, and everyone else who's listening work on a better training program so that we get the results we're looking for. So I'm excited to introduce to you, David Jackson. Hey, David, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for uh, having us on the show. Well, it'd actually be nicer to actually be where you are rather than in raining England. <laughs> uh, well, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. You know, I've uh, been tracking with your School of Calisthenics for some time. I actually downloaded one of your eBooks that was talking about some of the, you know, you, you had tutorials on different moves. And one of my goals is to be able to do the human flag that yes. it's all over your website. You are now we're talking. Oh, you look so good doing that. <laughs> Well, as well, it's interesting you say one of the big things that we try to push with calisthenics because we've experienced it ourselves and really believe in it is that rather than trying to look a certain way, um, we train for specific like moves or outcomes that we can achieve like a human flag for the sort of advanced stuff. And then how, how your body looks is just a byproduct of you wanting to train really hard towards these things which we feel and have experienced ourselves and see with other people that we, we train that it has a, a massively positive benefit to the mind as well as the body. When you switch that focus in, I'm training because I want to look ripped or whatever, build muscle, whatever, the, whatever people want to do. When you change your mindset to working towards an outcome that you can actually see and a lot of these things, like the human flag, it feels impossible when you do it for the first time or when you try for the first time. But then when you finally do it and the impossible becomes possible, um, it changes the way you think about everything else in your life that's impossible, even outside of training. But it, it also motivates you in a what we believe to be a more positive frame of mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Well, you and I have worked together on a couple other projects. And I know that phrase you just used, when the impossible becomes the possible, that's something that you go back to a fair bit. Yeah, or, or redefine, we, we try and encourage people to redefine their impossible. And I guess one of the one of the reasons we started the school in the first place because we got interested in calisthenics. We were inspired and motivated by the likes of Frank Medrano, who most people who were interested in calisthenics have seen. If you haven't, I suggest you check him out on YouTube. The guy's uh, pretty amazing what he can do with his body. And we really came unstuck when we tried to replicate some of these things. And you're just like, this is impossible. You, we, we used we said it to each other, me and Tim, Tim Stevenson, who a business partner at the School of Calisthenics. And yeah, we, they, we, we sort of searched around the internet on, on YouTube and whatnot, trying to find um, some help. And we'd stumble across some videos of, there's plenty of tutorials where people just stood in a park and they just go, this is how you do a human flag and they just do one, but they're not coaching you how to actually uh, do these sort of complex movements which require 
you know, good levels of technique. And unless you know those correct techniques and what you're trying to actually achieve uh, or what you're trying to do to achieve, um, it does feel impossible. So we then sort of took it upon ourselves to try and we went down that journey ourselves and um, we were the first ones in our gym really to um, be going down the line of bodyweight training and well, we were basically laughed at because we looked, we were rubbish <laughs> and we looked stupid because we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but we're both professional S&C coaches. We work in Paralympic sport. Our other business is um, One Athlete, where we train Paralympic athletes. And we we just went, right, well, we know about training because we train or, you know, we've proven that with the results we get with the, the, the Paralympic athletes we train. We just need to apply our sort of understanding of training and exercise science to to these movements we're trying to achieve so we went down that route and and started to i guess sounds a bit cheesy but we redefined our own impossible like i i'd always wanted to do a human flag like yourself but never thought i'd be able to do it but set about it and then interest came from other people once so start asking us it sort of happened very organically people going okay well oh that looks cool like how did you do that and it just got to the point where other people were at the same point we were they wanted to get started. They didn't know how to get started. So the sort of the birth of the school of Kaiserate started from that. Hmm. Um, and for the listeners, if you go to, this is episode number 53. So if you go to makeyourbodywork.com slash 53, I'm going to put some videos of David and I'll have links to his website. But you need to check out this human flag. If you don't know what that is, go and check it out. Makeyourbodywork.com slash 53. Because it's one of those things. That, I remember the first time I saw someone do it. I thought, okay, where's the trickery? I don't understand. Yeah. How's that work? Yeah, yeah. We've had people people ask you whether that, or, or assume sometimes that the photographs or whatever are, um, are photoshopped. Yeah. Um, I guess that's where the videos help when you can you can uh, <laughs> prove it with a video. But yeah, it's um, the 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 word calisthenics comes from the Greek it's Greek two words kalos and stenos, meaning beauty and strength. So by name, it's trying to it's beautiful. It's called beautiful strength. It's trying to do things that are beautifully strong with your body and, and that's defying gravity and these sort of um yeah movements that look impossible and make you go what like it's impressive um, <laughs> and i get you know i'm i'm not saying i'm the, the best by any stretch of imagination we we like to think we're good coaches and we've shown that when we how we teach other people to be able to do it and that's why we called it a school because we wanted to educate and teach people not just show them um so yeah you know something that was pretty neat that you said earlier on is you said when you started this in the gym and you used the word rubbish, you said we were complete rubbish <laughs> and sort of that people kind of gave you a weird look and thought, who are these guys? I thought that was neat because I, I know there are going to be listeners that are listening to this right now who maybe would feel like that if they were going to the gym for the first time and sort of that self-conscious feeling like everyone else yeah. knows what they're doing and look at me. And I, I don't know if you have any advice before we dive into the question for today, but when someone is starting out, how do they get yeah. past that? I think one of the things is you have to be brave and you have to understand what your motivation is as to why you want to, whatever it is that you're training, whether it's just general weights or cardio or if you want to do body weight, calisthenics, that stuff, or whatever it is that you, you need to understand your motivation first as to why you want to do it, why you're going there. You must be motivated because otherwise you wouldn't be thinking about starting. And that's what you need to cling on to. And the reality is that everybody there is everyone's going about their own business doing their own thing and even though we think people are looking at us mm -hmm. they probably actually aren't because they're interested <laughs> in what they're doing um, and if people are looking at you you're either doing something right or or something very very wrong um, <laughs> you know people said to us it just there was a stage where people said to to me and Tim it just looks like you're pissing about 
Well, he just looks like you're messing about. So it does turn a phrase. But in, in essence, at times we were, because we were we were trying to find out how to, mainly when we were sort of doing um, hand balancing, like handstand type of stuff. And neither, we're both uh, former rugby players. I played professional rugby for uh, Rugby Union. You probably won't know what that is in Canada. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I do, but, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I played professional rugby for 14 years. No gymnastics background or anything. So trying to see me balance on my hands when I was first started was absolutely terrible <laughs> but it, it's a... good in get it takes you out your comfort zone a little bit liberating in a way when you when you're sort of not worried about what people think of us I think too often in all walks of life whether it's training or not we spend too much time worrying what other people are doing mm-hmm. but so what other people think of us and it stops us from doing the things we want to do mm-hmm. You know, like even before we get into Amy's question for today, this is such a neat message for myself and for all the listeners of, you know, you went from literally zero to be able to do really amazing things. And I love the fact that you just clarified that there was no gymnastics training because admittedly, even no. today before this call, when I was just on your website, that was one of my questions for you was, oh, so you have some sort of gymnastics background, but what a uh, cool no, message, I, you know? Yeah, I'd love to, <laughs> if I'd had one of the, I'm like, one of the things I'd have loved is to have done gymnastics when I was younger um, because I think the what I know what I'm sort of doing now in my training you see huge benefits across lots of different sports we use uh, some of the training sort of the calisthenic stuff with um, a lot of the swimmers that we work with um, because there's huge benefits for sort of total body control shoulder stability and yeah but then at the same time I wouldn't be part of my journey is the fact that I didn't know anything about calisthenics or gymnastics and so I've really had to get it's been a hard process at times and quite demoralizing to be fair uh, at certain times along that road but um, I think it makes us a better a better coach because of that because we know what it's like to try and do something and feel absolutely terrible at it but then because we've been through that process we know all the little things that you need to do to make yourself better at it. Yeah, that, oh, I love that you just said that because I know people are going to go to your homepage and see a picture of you there doing your human flag and you're all <laughs> ripped and they'll probably think, oh, I could never be like that. But you weren't like that at one point. So um, let's transition into Amy's question because actually she's sort of on the other end of the spectrum and she's talking about over-exercise. And basically just to kind of summarize, I guess, her question again, she says, I love exercising. She's training, uh, I think, seven times, yeah, seven times per week at least. And yeah. feels like her body's getting to a point where it's starting to break down. What would you say from your own personal experience or from the clients you work with, what do you do when you start to feel like, okay, I'm tired. This isn't working anymore. I need to change something. Yeah, I think well, it's really before we even, before we even get to that point, we, we really want to be making sure we're building into our program and into our week specific periods of rest and recovery because – we only actually adapt and get better when we do actually recover. And if things like, if you feel like you're going to be breaking down, then you need to listen to your body. Um, it was one of the things that I found most difficult myself when I was playing professional rugby. I always wanted to train and wanted to try and do more and want to try and get better. But as I got older, I started definitely getting better at listening to listening to my body and knowing when you need that rest because you, you start to realize that in, unless I give myself that rest, I'm not going to continue to improve. Mm. And so whatever it is that Amy's trying to improve at, listening to her body and looking at some key markers, like if we're plateauing strength-wise or, you know, if, depending on what training you do, but if you're plateauing in your training and it's not going anywhere, chances are you need a different stimulus. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like if she's worried that she's doing too much, the chances are you're doing too much. 
so you know i always recommend at least having always a day where you aren't going to do anything in terms of some active recovery fine but you're not actually going to train and try and push things on within your week mm-hmm. if you're struggling with struggling with sleep or also, I just wanted to jump in there because you said something that was really important. I just want to actually ask you a little bit more about this is you talked about the stimulus and Amy's question. Yeah. It sort of alludes to, I think, what a lot of people think. Okay, I'm not getting the results or I don't feel the way that I want to feel. And they pile on more of the same. Yeah, yeah. And then you're not going to get, you don't necessarily get a different result. You know, the, the body responds to this, this sort of demands play, that you place upon it and will adapt to that. And sometimes not more is not always better and that's where we can you can make things more challenging without necessarily having to do more and i think one of the big things that the easiest way to make something harder is like say either do more uh, in terms of volume or if you're lifting weights you just put more weight on the bar whereas something that we've learned quite a lot with the that sort of made us learn with the calisthenics the body weight training is that you can't just load and upload your body weight. You have to uh, change your exercises to be able to either make them harder or easier, depending on your client. And it's, yeah, I think that's, that's a really important point that it isn't just, if you're plateauing, it isn't just try and do more. Uh, you even need a different stimulus or you're actually, you're overtrained and that's why you're plateauing. You're not ever recovering and giving your body enough time to recover. Maybe we can dive in that a bit further even because I know a lot of the listeners here do um, face plateaus. That's a question I get all the time. Okay, I've been stuck at this point and a lot of it's for weight loss or recompositioning their body or strength. What is sort of like the process that you would go through with clients then to change up the stimulus? Because you mentioned using different exercises or changing weights or volume. Do you have a specific process that you recommend? Um, well, particularly with with athletes, for example, that we have in their season, they'll go through different periods where we're training different parts of their sort of performance. So we'll do a lot of um, early work in the season, doing a lot of work on stability, really making exercises challenging for them by not loading them up. A lot of the time there won't be any load involved, just making the balance or the stability of the exercise more and more demanding. And what that does is it sort of really gets your stabilized muscles fired up Neurally, you start to activate more muscles or more, more, more fibers in the muscle. And then when we go then to try and build some strength on top of that, you, your sort of prime movers are able to exert more force because the structure itself feels more stable. My colleague always describes it as um, if you build a Ferrari chassis, you can put as much horsepower in it as you want. Whereas if you've got... I don't know what a rubbish car in Canada would be, but if you've got if you've got a bad chassis and you then try and stick a Ferrari engine in it, it's going to break down. And then after once we've sort of gone through that sort of building of like sort of max max strength, as we call it, or sort of raw strength, then the finishing touch is going through through power. So we always go through these different phases of training within a within a season. I think one of the challenges for somebody that doesn't compete at any sort it doesn't have to be professionally but if you if you don't actually take part in a sport you just train and go to the gym for fun essentially or to to stay fit and healthy it's how do you sort of change like you say change that stimulus and how do you how do you go through some different phases and how do you decide when to go through those um generally we program on a four-week basis where we'd go from like a low medium and high intensity across three weeks and then have a down week so we'd 
we go one, two, three weeks where we build up the intensity and then we have a down week to allow a bit more adaptation. So as well as talking about having a day's rest within your week, we we actually deload normally roughly once a week in a month. And that's not to say we don't then do anything, but we just drop the intensity and the volume down to allow some adaptation, which I think for your, your, your average gym user is something that's probably a little bit new. And we when we think that, um, and we've all done it in the past, um, I've done it myself as well, where you just try and do more and you try and do more and you, you forever, you spend, there's no end point, you're just trying to get stronger or you're trying to get, you, you know, if someone's trying to lose more weight, they're just trying to lose more weight or they're trying to lose more body fat. There's no, there's no end point. There's no sort of um, change in how they, um, how they program what they're actually doing. And I guess sometimes it's that we don't even actually program at all. We just do the same, we do the same things we, we like often. Oh, and that's it. I think if you went into the gym and surveyed people, like how many people are there with some sort of a specific goal, which you touched on earlier, and then be a specific path or program to get there, you know, what yeah. percentage of people could actually say, yeah, I've got both of those. Yeah. Very small. Yeah. I use, I don't know if you use the same terminology, but that style of training or program that you're talking about, periodization, is that what you would typically yeah. call it? Yeah. So yeah, for, yeah. For the listeners, this idea of periodization is we train, you know, it, it sounds like, David, you do it on a three-week period and then a one-week recovery. Yeah. And then we'll move, so on roughly, to, yeah. move on to like a new type of training. So you might train for strength, you might train for speed, you might train someone for fat reduction, someone for muscle stimula- stimulation. But that idea of constantly changing your focus of that small period of training is forcing your body to always being challenged in a new way and that's something that most people don't even think about yeah and that can really help with those plateaus you know if somebody's plateau isn't because they're just overtraining one of my one of my friends used to say he so his phrase was you got to keep the body guessing so yeah totally and that relates so well to amy's question because amy if you're listening or anyone else who's feeling that sort of body breakdown i guess a question from what david's been speaking on here to ask yourself is well how long have i, have I been doing the same style of training and is it time to change that up yeah. mentally as well it freshening freshening things up has a massive effect from a mental point of view rather than being bored of doing the same things yeah you you made the comment and i like this actually made me think well what am, what's my goal right now because you said well you could just <laughs> constantly be thinking all right i'm gonna get a little bit stronger or get a little bit um lower body fat percentage or whatever it is it, how do you change that mental focus from just a continual never-ending goal to actually something different where you're actually reaching goals what, what do you do for that uh well this is i um it's sort of why i got into calisthenics and you know i'm gonna sound like i'm just banging that drum but that's sort of what we're into <laughs> awesome. um but uh i've fin- i had to retire from professional rugby due to a head injury so it's a sort of forced retirement and i wasn't able to train for about six months whilst i was recovering and i always loved training so as soon as i could i wanted to get back in the gym and get back training what I found I was doing, I remember the day very clearly, I was in front of the mirror doing bicep curls, trying to get bigger arms or whatever. And uh, I looked at myself and I, w- I was like, I just questioned myself. I said, what, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing that? Like, you used to train for a game at the weekend. You know, we'd have a game every weekend. And there was a reason to train. You wanted to get in the best shape you could. So... Like my position required a lot of speed. That was my thing. I wasn't particularly big. I was I was fast, and so it was about getting myself in the best physical condition so I could, you know, be fast and effective on the field. And generally, if I wasn't fast and effective on the field, I'd get injured because someone had someone had smashed me. That's sort of how rugby works. 
So there was that incentive. And then when that was sort of taken away and they didn't have that regular goal each week of a game, I just sort of, it wasn't long before I was just questioning why I was even training at all and that I was just bored of doing that. And so uh, thankfully, like sort of uh, Tim introduced us, introduced me to calisthenics and we just started messing about, as we said, in the gym. And um, it just then, the thing for me, like that's funny you said the human flag, that was that was the thing I wanted to wanted to do at first. And as soon as, as soon as you do something you thought was impossible, you're then massively hooked. And it again becomes in, an addiction, effectively, but in a you know a positive one because it gives you a reason to train. And as soon as you achieve the next one, then there's always something else that you can then go and go and work on. So you still have that. I have that motivation. I don't have a goal every every week, but I have goals. I love goal setting. Something I find very effective. We find it great with the athletes we work with, and I definitely think that people should when training have something that they're working towards it doesn't have to be a calisthenics movement goal it can be that they they've got they enter as some sort of competition or they're part of a team or some sort of sport but i definitely think there's a positive benefit particularly for the the mind and what you end up focusing on if you've got a goal to focus on that actually has an outcome I love that. That story of you watching yourself do bicep curls. And I know a lot of the listeners maybe haven't been through that specifically, but to the listeners, have you ever been in the gym thinking, oh, I don't really like this or I wish I was somewhere else and kind of have lost that mentality of, well, why were you there in the first place? And I think that's really valuable question for all of us to ask ourselves. Yeah, no, definitely. It's probably one that's quite challenging sometimes to try and answer that question. hundred percent agreed. Yeah. To Amy, um, I know we sort of talked about maybe changing up her stimulus and thinking about, you know, what she's doing to challenge her body. And you mentioned, you know, giving yourself at least a day off every single week and the idea of working through these periods and maybe giving yourself a week per month where the intensity or the volume is a little bit lower. I like to end this show with what's called a make your body work takeaway. And I guess, David, I just ask you, if someone is feeling like their body is just worn out, what would you say is the one thing that you'd like to see them implement, you know, they can start doing today or this week um well i'd say like just slightly before that if i can that they just try and look at a few markers to determine whether whether it is sort of a, an over training sort of fatigue thing um that they're feeling um or whether they just need a new a different stimulus and so if they're sort of struggling to sleep or having really poor sleep waking up in the morning feeling still really tired despite having you know a good eight hours sleep uh, or if they've struggled to fall asleep at night if uh, resting heart rate is uh, or waking heart rate is increased, if sort of appetite is affected, you know, there's some real key indicators that you're, um, and motivation to train, there's some key indicators that chances are you've, you've, you're overtraining and you need to make sure you, uh, you, do, you do have some rest. And so if, if, uh, if that's the case, like I say, making sure you program at least one day in your, in your training where... Um, where you have a day's a day's rest in your week, and then probably something to implement. Probably give you too many things, but something to <laughs> something to, to to action that would be a little bit different um, is this notion of play. But when we're younger, when we're kids, we play all the time, and a lot of exercising is just actually playing. Whereas as we get adults, we don't spend as much time actually having fun and playing. And I'd sort of challenge your listeners to try and do one thing in their week or one thing in their training session where they go. Right, I'm going to do this thing, whatever it is. Maybe I'll try and learn to do a handstand, mm-hmm. um, and just have some fun whilst just trying to explore, explore that um, that activity. It will be, 
it'll be energizing even though it's tiring because it's new and it's fun and it's different and it feels like you're playing i think that will be a really good thing for or a challenge for me to your listeners to try and um, try and have a go at and we'd love to hear from them as well as i'm sure you would yeah, I love that. And for the listeners, again, this is makeyourbodywork.com slash 53. And in the show notes, I'll put a link to, David, you have a guide on your website. It's a beginner's guide for calisthenics, correct? Yeah, we've got yeah we've got a few ebooks on the website. One of them is the beginner's guide to calisthenics, which is free. And it just helps people get from that starting point of, look, I don't know what I want. I want to have a go at this calisthenics stuff. You've sold it to me, but I don't, I don't know how to get started. And there's 15... Uh, video tutorials in that ebook which goes through uh, pushing pulling and core principles um, to sort of help you work on the sort of foundation base strength and it's i'll say to the listeners i'm going to give this a plug because i actually downloaded this maybe two months ago and it's fantastic you guys do a really good job you're Teaching is top notch, and I, I just love what you said about the idea of play. And I, I'm a huge bodyweight training guy. This is actually that's how I got my start in the fitness industry online was teaching people how to do different routines with just bodyweight. And so you are speaking my language. So everyone, I'll, <laughs> I'll put that link in the show notes. Do check it out because it's really awesome. Um, David, thanks. It was just awesome having you on the show. Thanks for being here with us today. No, thanks, Thomas. We need to get you. Uh... We've got a human flag training program, and if that's what that's the thing you need to do, we need to get that over to you, so we'll sort that out. Hey, okay, one question before we go about that. So I'm a tall guy, tall and skinny. Tell me, can I still do the human flag even though my body doesn't seem like it's built for it? Uh, what do you th- well, I think you can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what does impossible mean, I guess? Exactly. You know, it, it's impossible now, but everything's impossible before you do it for the first time, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, I love it. We've got a, good, we've got a video on YouTube of... Um, seven weeks apart of three guys who we taught in seven weeks to do and they are normal normal guys one of them is tall and i don't know how tall are you uh about six one yeah i think he's he's at least six one and skinny and uh yeah seven weeks it took him that following uh following our program so that's the challenge we'll have to set one for you and you can uh... okay we're not going to set one on air because then i feel, <laughs> feel too obligated to follow through uh, that, exactly that would put a bit of pressure on you to then the chances of you doing it if you set it on air would be uh I would say probably increased tenfold. Agreed. Oh, geez, man. You're putting <laughs> me on the spot here. We'll, we'll think yeah, about it. Uh, but yeah, David, thanks again. And uh, we'll have you back on the show in the future for sure. Awesome. Thanks. I'd love to. Thanks again, David, for joining us on the show today and for sharing some really practical, some awesome advice when it comes to training and more importantly, some rest and recovery tips, because I know that's something that's so important for all of us that are involved in exercise. Give your body time to rest. That's when we get stronger. That's when our body repairs and that's when we see improvement. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. As always, without you, there would be no show. And thanks to our sponsor for today's podcast. It's Yes Wellness. Yes Wellness as you know, is where I've been getting my supplements for quite some time now. And we partnered up recently and said, hey, we're going to bring a huge selection of awesomely priced products to the listeners of the Make Your Body Work podcast. And I can't endorse them more. I love Yes Wellness. You can check them out at yeswellness.com. They have a great selection. And like I said, really, really great prices. And they're Canadian like me and like this podcast. So check them out, yeswellness.com. Thanks again for tuning in. And I can't wait to see you here again next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Make Your Body Work podcast. If you have any questions for a future episode, send it to Dave by visiting makeyourbodywork.com. See you next time.
for listening to this week's podcast. If you've enjoyed it, guys, we'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. And if you want to put a one-star one on that sort of fine, but we'll just delete it. <laughs> Until next time, class dismissed. <laughs>